Welcome to Conversations with Anne Elizabeth, the podcast inspired by my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What?, where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, and have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal story of passion and purpose, especially registered dietitians. Today's conversation is a little different. I'm talking about planning your future with a financial advisor, Travis Gow. It is October, towards the end of October, and the one-year anniversary of Conversations with Anne Elizabeth, and I'm celebrating with a special giveaway for one lucky listener for year one. Including in the giveaway is a copy of my book, Products from My Partners, and Things I Love Right Now. So please go over to my website, annelizabethrd.com, where you can register until the end of October. So get on over there because it's getting close. I wish you the best of luck and thank you so much for being a part of this journey with me so far. Part of my giveaway prize will be my favorite Jolly Time Healthy Pop popcorn. Popcorn is actually Travis's favorite food, except he tends to cook it in shortening but I think he's kind of changing his ways and doing a little air popping at home now. So it's a little bit snacking healthier. If you would like more information and also a great money-saving coupon offer, go to their website at jollytime.com. My conversation today is with Travis Gall, who is a financial advisor with Edward Jones. As we enter into the world of practicing as a registered dietitian, I think we tend to focus a lot on the excitement of being an RD and not all the other important financial details that we kind of tend not to pay attention to. For those of you starting your first job or for those of you maybe changing jobs, and maybe some of you are taking the leap into being an entrepreneur, finding a smart financial partner I think is so important. I have been in probably these three scenarios throughout my life so far as a dietitian, and so it was very necessary for me to seek out a financial advisor I trusted to help me along this journey. If you've been in any of these situations or have been contemplating planning for retirement ever in your life, which I'm sure we all have, this is a must-listen podcast. I think you'll really resonate with his comparison of our two professions and how similar they are. I also loved how prepared he was for our conversation and how he did his research about dietitians. So I hope you enjoy learning from Travis. Well, why don't you take me back to, so you have been in business how long with your business? So with Edward Jones for about a year and a half. Okay. Right at a year and a half. A year and a half. So what did you do before? How did you kind of get interested in investing and helping people do that? Yeah, so I I got into the financial world through Principal Financial Group, and I actually was a teacher before that. So You're a teacher. I came out of college, um, taught for five years in math and science, and then uh, decided to go a different direction, and that was finance. So I went to... Uh, principal financial group and I was there for 12 and a half years and realized that uh, through that time realized that the the finance industry and such there's a huge lack of education and so that's what's driven me to do what I do is to help educate people um, about well all of it you know um, holistically not just investing money but it's the insurance side of things it's are we saving for education? Do we even want that part of our plan? Um, 
what does retirement look like? And then when retirement happens, now what? How do I convert this stuff into a stream of income? And so um, the most fun I have is, is meeting with people and, and actually talking through their situations and, and figuring out what goals that they have and what kinds of things do I have to help them accomplish those goals. I, it's funny that you're a teacher because you're still a teacher. That's you're, right. That's and so you kind of take that approach, I think, with all of your clients as yep. well. Yeah. What do you do? You feel like people really have no clue when it comes to, or that people do struggle with kind of knowing exactly where they should, what they should do financially. Yeah, absolutely. People, unfortunately, for most of us, we didn't have a strong role model in teaching us what investing is about, why I should save a little bit out of my paycheck. Um, unless we had a parent or a good friend that's actually sitting us down and, and helping us understand it. Most of us are uh, busy, very busy with life, going through life, getting paycheck, come home to, let's say, getting the food on the table for the family or whatever it is. So in a normal person's day, they're not thinking about their financial picture and, and what retirement looks like. And so there's a huge lack of education when it comes to this stuff, whether it is just a straight, simple, let's sit down and do a budget to the bigger budget. complex. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a budget. Oh. Yeah. So, so, I mean, that's where it really starts. And so when I, and I, and I can't speak for all financial advisors, but I hope that when a person sits down with a financial advisor for the first time, that that's one of the first things they do is budget. So when I sit down with folks, I want to go through what does your income look like? What does your expenses look like? And if I go through these different things with them, and at the end of our little exercise, I see that there's more expenses than income, then we're not talking about investing. We need to talk about cleaning up debt, and let's get some strategies involved there. Um, it is a very much an education role, very much so. And people, when they write down their budget, they start realizing that, oh, I didn't realize I spent that much on <laughs> gas or entertainment or whatever it is. And I think that's a good point for, and I think I'm kind of taking it from the perspective of entrepreneurial entrepreneurial people that are trying to start their own business or there's a lot of dietitians that are out there trying to do their own business. And mm -hmm. I think that it's important to have this discussion because this is another component of mm -hmm. planning for the future and planning to work with your business that's too. Right. That's right. The, the, the toughest thing about starting your own business is usually that when you get paid, it generally goes right back into growing that business, especially when you just start from, from scratch, from ground zero. Uh, so it's really difficult to try to pay yourself when we're talking about retirement and, and all that. But it's so important to have that strategy to uh, to know that maybe the first 24 months or the first 36 months, we're going to put all this, any income that we have right back into the business, but we have to have a plan to start doing something for yourself. And that is, uh, you know, saving a little money back for retirement or for some expenses that you know it's coming up. But as a, as a new business owner, you've got a budget. You've got to write up a business plan and have a model and try to stick as closely to that as possible. So when do you think in in that startup of a business, whether it's 
nutrition consulting or just doing a few things here and there, when should you be the person that they should go to? Because you think about, I, got, I have to go open a checking account. I have to go get business cards. I have to go right. get all this stuff. Right. So where in that planning do you think it's most important for? I would, I would not be afraid with doing it right away. Right away. Speak with a financial advisor right away. It doesn't mean that you are looking to talk to them about investing right now, but have a game plan. Let someone know what your goals are. If your goals are purely to build this business up so you can then someday sell it and that's your retirement plan, some some um, industries, you can do that. Um, in a dietitian's world, I'm not sure that that model makes sense. You can't really sell. <laughs> Probably not. Your I mean, no. <laughs> skills or what you've built know, over though. the years. Right. I mean, if, if a dietitian does have you know, writes books or, you know, has a consulting service that they hire. I mean, there could be potentially could be in the long run. Yep. Yep. But most likely for the majority of us, probably not. Yep. Nope. That's right. So, so I would say, you know, speaking with a financial advisor, what that would do for a, a, a new, uh, entrepreneurial dietitian is, is to make sure that you are thinking more than just no different than sitting with your CPA when you're setting this up. That's another person that should be in that room to make sure that we're looking at the whole, the whole picture. And it's not just one, one piece of the, of the pie of the puzzle. Um, so I think a financial advisor might have some, some ideas, not on their job by any means, but, um, what a timeline would look like depending on what you see as your business model, what the income kind of looks like, what the expenses are, a financial advisor should be able to sit down with them. And and that meeting should be free. They should be able to sit down and just get some advice. So That's a good point, too, that it doesn't cost you anything to at least get a little insight on where to go right. with your business. And it, it's not maybe more about your business. It's more about there's you don't have an employer that's going to be contributing to your 401K or you're contributing to that 401K right. and... And so you need someone that can kind of look out for your best yes. interests because you're busy. You're trying to run a business. Um, I would say similar to that, you, you know, budgeting when we're talking about expenses and, and income versus expenses, you got to budget your time. And I think it's so important, as I've discovered with my own business. Yes, because you're a business Jones, owner. <laughs> is it is important to have time away. Because uh, time away, at least for me, gives me gets me re-energized. So when I do come back, I'm, I still have the drive and the energy to do what it is that my, whether it's the week or the month or whatever that quarter, the plan is for that uh, period of time. So budgeting, whether it's time expenses budgeting. or time or whatever. <laughs> I've always said time is your biggest currency, more even than money, because if you don't have time, you're not going to accomplish anything. That's exactly right. You're just being like a gerbil spinning around with your wheel. Exactly. So I like that perspective because I think that's important. So I think about when I think about financial advising, I didn't, you know, I didn't, I knew what my parents knew, <laughs> which I don't know what they knew. It was even good or right or wrong. And I think a lot of people struggle with trying to figure out, okay, so do you shop around for a financial advisor? How do you know if one's right? How do you know, what are some things that you can look for in someone that you can trust? Yep. Besides you. Right. But everybody can go to Travis if they want to. Because <laughs> right, right, he's right. awesome because he's mine too. Uh, so, <laughs> so I would say definitely be looking at different advisories. Different firms will treat um, 
will treat people differently, and it's all about what their model is. If there's some firms that will only take people with X amount of dollars before they'll talk to them. If you don't have that, then you need to, you know, they'll tell you, well, you're not big enough yet to, uh, to be with us. Um, here at Edward Jones, we don't have that minimum model. We're going to work with anyone and everyone. We're going to talk to talk to everybody. Um, it, it's so important to get along personality-wise. Um, you know, just just like a dietitian. If if you're looking for a dietitian, sometimes you run into one and it's like, yep, that's good enough. Um, but if there's another dietitian that you get along more. Uh, personable with or whatever reason um, that you have good communication with them um, that's going to be a better fit you know it just depends I think a huge piece of it is personality Um, we mentioned you know my experience I started off as a teacher not everyone starts off with a finance degree and uh, in my world is that um, is that critical that they need a finance degree I think it helps it definitely helps so I think experience in the field helps uh, my 12 and a half years with Principal Financial Group uh, helped me tremendously. Um, just knowing that in in training and such, I knew a lot or most of everything that we were talking about already. It was just, there's, there's a couple of pieces that we're learning, but I think we're always learning new things and we're always looking at uh, trying to uh, better serve whether there's a, a new tool that comes out that we can accomplish a, a, a goal with mm-hmm. um, or it's an old tool that we haven't thought about for a while to bring that up into play um we've talked beforehand that my job is so similar to your job in the fact that nobody wants to know or realize that they're broke right (laughs) no no one (laughs) wants that to be pointed out to them in your job no one wants to be pointed out to them that they're eating incorrectly you're eating a bunch of crap so true and so it's our jobs to try to make sure that they realize that there's better ways to do it and that is for you. you, you I, actually, I printed something off. The world, you did. The world of a dietitian, right? You, the duties. The duties. <laughs> and so I was reading through these, and they're so very similar to mine. Really? As a financial advisor. So assess patients and clients' n- nutritional and health needs. Essentially, in my world, what we talk about that is, is where are you now? Right? Mm-hmm. Is there a, a burning desire that you came to talk to me? Is there something there? Then the second one is counsel patients on nutrition issues and healthy eating habits. So again, we're looking at where we are. We're looking at what that goal is, what the need is, and then we're looking at making sure that we can actually, you know, move towards that direction. We're going to develop a meal and nutrition plan, taking both clients' preferences and budgets into account. We're going to look at. <laughs> We're going to look at their budget, right? We're going to make sure that if we offer some advice or a proposal of something that they're going to, that their goal is to save for retirement or whatever that goal is, that we're going to make sure it fits into their budget. We're going to make sure that uh, uh, that the tools, the nutritional plans in your world, you know, that it makes sense for that person. If they, if if a person has an extra say $1,000 per month, but they have no inclination of using that extra $1,000 per month to go to retirement, then we talk through that stuff. No different than if I'm a really great cook at home, but I have no interest in cooking healthy at home. <laughs> you're going to work with, it's going to be a tough conversation. You sure. know, how can we change my my ways, my dieting? Your mindset. Yep, the yeah. mindset. And, and so 
in my world, it is a mindset. And if a person hasn't eaten healthy their whole life, if a person hasn't saved money because they just never were savers their whole life, it's a change. And so modifications happen, but it happens in small steps, small increments. And without sitting down with someone, a professional in the field, then it's hard to realize that you do, you can, number one, you can make small strides and, and there's good things that happens afterwards. So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a few more in there, but that's it. That is a great analogy. Our, our jobs are very similar because we're pointing out things that they don't want to hear. No. And it took a lot of them to come to visit you even to talk about now there's something that's flashing in front of them. Maybe they're, uh, uh, diabetic for the first time they discovered that. So they have to go talk to a dietitian, right? Mm-hmm. So they can get a better idea of how to eat, how to modify. But nothing would have happened if something didn't slap them in the face. In my world, it's similar. If, if say, someone passes away, unfortunately, and, and leaves some money behind, a person may come talk to us because now they've got extra money that they didn't realize it was going to happen that way. Or say someone stops working at a job and now they've got this, this 401k plan yes. left behind. What do I do? Yeah. Same thing. Life events will happen. Sure. And that's what's going to trigger people to, to think about changing their behaviors. Doesn't mean they're going to, but yeah. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully <laughs> they get true. professional help mm-hmm. to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Which is why I kind of, I think that's a good point, too, about how if you do leave an employer, I mean, for a lot of us that probably are listening to if people are thinking about tutoring, leaving an employer and starting their own business, you are going to have that 401k to do something with. And I think I think about when I left my last job, I didn't know. I just let it sit in that 401k and I didn't do anything with it. So I think that's a good point that, yeah. you know, you do need to do something with that. Well, in, in, in our financial world, um, when you leave the job, what a person needs to know is, is what can I do with it? You know, what are the options? It doesn't mean you're going to do anything mm-hmm. with it. And that's where a, a financial advisor is going to help you with the understanding of what you can do. And we don't. We're in a different world today than we were a year ago, and that's with the fiduciary rule that came out, the new law that came out that uh, financial advisors have to do what's right and best for the client. Mm -hmm. So if someone leaves their job, it may not be the best idea to move that from the 401k. It depends on their fees that's currently over there. It depends on what new tools that we're using, whether they move it to a, a, a traditional IRA or, you know, some other things. But... But, but people need to realize that. But the biggest thing, the biggest thing that people do hurt themselves with is if I'm starting a new business, I see that I've got $40,000 in my 401k that I built up for over the last years or whatever. Some people will want to take that money out and use that towards starting their business. Not a good idea. Not a good idea. Okay. What? <laughs> well, if you're not 59 and a half, okay? Yeah. Uh, you will have an extra penalty on top of taxes that you haven't paid for. So the taxes that you you know that you need to pay on those those dollars that were income that you hadn't paid yet are due at the time that it comes home with you. So that's going to reduce your amount. But also the IRS is going to ding you for ten percent penalty because you're not fifty nine and a half yet. So essentially, they're trying to um, keep a person from hurting themselves by taking it out too early. 
and not leaving it there or leaving it invested uh-huh. uh, for the long haul for the retirement plan. Yeah, because that is, I'm sure. It's a big hit. I think I asked you about that too. I'm like, well, if I take some money out of it, and you're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big hit. That is a big e- hit. Even if I had a, a small amount, say it's like $2,000, uh-huh. I look at it and I think I've got $2,000. Sure. But if I take it home with me, you know, it's going to be... $800. It's, it's, well, it would be better than that. But but it's going to be, you know, it could be 35 to 40% off of that because of taxes and penalty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So all things to consider, which are important. Yeah. When you have, when you, someone's looking for a financial advisor, are most of you all just financial advisors or do you do other services too? So do you have insurance services? Do you have other things that you know, as a resource that that person could tap into. Yeah. Uh, yes. Most, most of the time that's a bigger picture, uh, with Edward Jones, we can cover the insurance side of it, obviously the retirement, uh, the investing side of it, the retirement planning side of it. Um, and then we also do, as we're not tax advisors, we do talk about tax strategies. Um, but that's again, where, you know, a person would want to have their CPA, along with their financial advisor, maybe even with their estate attorney, attorney, mm-hmm. all in the same room to talk about your situation so that each of the different members of that group understands and, and understands the goal and understands how to get there. And ideas can be tossed around and, and say, I, I toss an idea out there and the CPA says, no, 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 we're still trying to back, you know, stay away from paying too much in taxes this year. So that idea is not going to work. But at least there's conversation. Whereas if I'm only meeting with the client and I know that the client has um, a business or something more special than just a, a regular, you know, nine to five type of job, I've got a 401k and I'm, maybe I'm investing in, a, in an IRA, business owners have different struggles, different strategies that can help them out. And uh, it could be that it's a group retirement plan. It could be, you mm-hmm. know, an individual retirement plan. Um on top of doing IRAs, you know, there's, there's a lot of different ways, but having that, having that team approach is, uh, is going to be much better. Again, go back to the dietitian world. If I have my dietitian in the room and I have my, maybe my physical therapist in the room and my doctors in the room. Oh, that'd be dreamy. If the three of them really discuss, yeah. Do you, so people like that, does that happen? Do you do meetings with like people, CPAs and their estate planners? Yep. Really? Yeah, so does. I need to get my CPA and my estate planner in here? It does. It does help. <laughs> it helps because, again, you might be telling one of those three people more than you're telling everybody else. That's true. Or and you forget that you told them something and not told yep, you something. Yep. It could be, uh, again, it could be an idea or a fear that you have and and uh, you just forgot to bring it up with the CPA or whatever it is. And this way, everybody's on the same page. and. Mm. You know, when we have meetings in, in this office, there's no hourly rate or anything True. like that. We're meeting to see what the goals are, to, to understand it and and move forward. It could be, you know, it could be that we're chatting on a, a phone call. It could mm-hmm. be, a, you know, a conference call. Conference call. Mm-hmm. So if, like, say a person um, is working a full-time job, but then is kind of starting a side business at the same time, do you recommend still kind of having an involvement with a financial planner. So even with that side business, they are still doing some financial planning separately outside of their current employer. Yeah. 
Yeah, yes. absolutely. And I would I would say even if I've only got a current employer and I don't have the side business, mm-hmm. it could be you'd feel like it's a very simple situation that a person's in. Yeah, I'm doing enough to get my match and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just doing that over there. A financial advisor, while they can't necessarily give you advice on the investments offered, they can still look at the big picture and how on track are we to be funding your retirement. At what age did you want to retire? Okay, we put that in there. Mm-hmm. What do your expenses look like now on a monthly basis? We'll put that in there. Um, we put all that stuff in there to look at, the again, the bigger picture. So a person may not have their 401k assets with, you know, like say Edward Jones. Uh-huh. Doesn't mean that it can't be part of the picture. And okay. it could be that, that we're looking at that and then it might make sense to bring up the idea that if the goal is to save for my children's education. I want to pay 25% of whatever the bill is for tuition. We can factor that in there and there's tools for those people. So absolutely, I think as an entrepreneur, there's different sure. different strategies, but it doesn't make it less important for really everyone to be talking with a financial advisor. Because I would say probably, I know that when you worked at Principal, you did help advise people and met with people that were doing a 401k plan. Mm-hmm. But just a lot of businesses offer that, that, you know, employers, do they offer that one-on-one contact? Or is it pretty much, hey, this is your option, sign up, good luck. And then do you need to go find someone to help you navigate that? Right. Yeah, I would say there's a lot more uh, companies that offer 401k plans the personalized service of one-on-one consulting on the job site, I think that's very rare, very rare. Um, You may have a large 401k plan that can offer more of those types of, you know, customized services. Um, But it, but it can, it can happen. And whether there's on, you know, on-site education or not, doesn't mean you shouldn't go talk to a financial advisor. Mm -hmm. Just talk. The, there's, I think there's maybe some myths or some scares out there of talking with a financial advisor that they're going to, so that they're going to steal my money. Yeah. They're going to, they're going to take, they're going to sell me something I wasn't ready for. The world is so different than that. There's so many things in place to protect the client. Um, when we sit down, it really is a information gathering meeting. Um, no different than you sit down with one of your clients mm-hmm. for the first time. You want to know as much about them as possible. What got them to this point? What is this point look like? And then what are we trying to accomplish? And so by sitting down and learning or going to seminars or, or things like that, learn more about it. Um, and going back to, you know, what do you look for in a financial advisor? I look for education. I don't want someone to just tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. I want to, someone to tell me what to do, why that's a good thing. What are the pros and cons to doing that? Are there any other options that we can do that? So that's how I treat my clients. That's who I would want to be, how I'd want to be treated. Um, whether it's my dietitian or my doctor or whatever it is, I want to know why they're putting me on this medicine. Mm-hmm. Is there anything I can do to not be on this medicine? Um, and they're generally speaking in the health world, there are things. Be active. That's a that's a big one. Eat right. So yep. easy. Right? <laughs> so, so easy. easy. So just like save ten dollars out of your paycheck and right. put into retirement. It's so easy. <laughs> I always think about being the age that I am, um, and just thinking about retirement when it comes to social security, when it comes to Medicare, when it comes to those type of things. Is that something 
you know, someone in your 30s or 40s or 20s, is that something that we should be considering? Um, really kind of planning for it not being available? That's a good question. <laughs> there there are opinion. there are scares out there with Social Security and the program itself um, that, uh, that it may or may not be available. Um, we do some different Social Security seminars for those people. I try to target those people that are 60 or older. I don't generally invite 40-year-olds or 30-year-olds. <laughs> what if we're a little crazy and we want to know? Want to know right now. Yes. <laughs> there's, so many, there's so many years and so many changes that can happen sure. to the program that, that I don't like to go into. I guess the options that a 62-year-old could have versus a 42-year-old, you mm-hmm. know, there's, there's going to be some differences. There's going to be changes. But I, I think when I'm sitting down with young folks, I leave it up to them if they want to put it in, if they don't want to put it in. Right now, it's a program that is there. Um, it will be there for us to what point, to what extent, I don't know. Um, but uh, things that I see, things that I'm hearing in seminars that we, that we present, um, it's still it's a program that's, that's there for the right reasons. It, um, it is there to help supplement someone's retirement supplement supplement that's the keyword but that is not yeah and so many so many people use it as their only retirement means and those guys are the ones that are that are paying the price and that's what i think i can i when i think about entrepreneurs is that i think that they're scared they're like oh i'm not making any money so i'm just gonna wait until i start making a little bit more money and so that could be two years that could be five years that could be ten years gone and they're not doing anything in between that time. Yep. And that's just another big setback. Yep. And they're thinking, well, well, ultimately, I think Social Security is going to be fine or Medicare is going to be fine. And right. that, like you said, it's a supplement. These are supplements. That's yes. right. So I, I did some stat searching here. So we've got about 325 million people in the United States. Okay. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> so from Fox Business, I pulled up uh, a third of our people, of, of those that were um, interviewed has nothing share uh, saved for retirement. A third nothing of those people. A third. A third of them has nothing saved for retirement. Number two, the average fifty-year-old has about uh, sixty thousand saved for retirement. So let's think about that. A fifty-year-old, and there's a total of sixty thousand dollars saved for retirement. Think about how much you make today. Yeah. And how long sixty thousand dollars would last. If you're trying to replace your income. Oh my gosh. So they've got, ultimately they've got, you know what, if they're 50, if we talk about 65, they got 15 years to try to put on the, to really put it in overdrive. And most people don't live that way to be able to put Mm -hmm. it into overdrive. Because we're, as we get a pay increase, we generally increase our spending. Sure. And so that just keeps people, like you said, if I start a business, you know, all my money's going back into the business. It's two years. It's three years. And then, oh, all of a sudden I have a baby. Sure. It's four years. It's five years. It's six years. And, oh, all of a sudden, you know, the second one or third one comes along or mm-hmm. there's a job change or whatever it is. There's always something mm-hmm. to hold us back from doing that. Um, dietitian world, there's always something. If you're working with someone that's got uh, diabetes, let's say he's a truck driver, Right. Kind of common with truck drivers, I yes, think. Yes, yes. How can they change their ways? They're on the road all the time. The easiest thing is to pull up to uh, McDonald's or whatever it is and get a burger and keep going. And there's modifications that has to happen. And until 
we get the bad news that, oh, by the way, in five years when you said you wanted to retire, you don't have any money. <laughs> You're done. You know, the truck driver is getting the news from his doctor. Oh, by the way, if you want to keep driving truck... You need to do some changes, some lifestyle changes. Mm -hmm. Or you're not going to drive. Or you're not going to drive. You're not going to keep yourself healthy enough to be able to drive. Mm -hmm. So uh, number three here, I've got four of these. Uh, $30,000 in student debt can mean $325,000 less in retirement savings. Huh. So as we've got young dietitians coming out of college, whether they're starting their own or finding a job, it's hugely important to get that debt paid off. Get it paid off. And then how do you do that? Like, that's the thing, you know? And that's where I think seeing you and coming to an, an expert in this, I think that is so important. And that's why I think a lot of young dietitians that are also listening need to understand that you do have that debt, mm -hmm. but you can do a lot of things to pay it off. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's, you know, again, going back through doing a budget, that's huge. Um a young person coming out of college, they're not expecting to make a whole bunch of money. You know, they let's think about the the senior junior year in college or the senior year in college. How much did you make in that year? <laughs> like nothing. Like zero. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> let's say let's say you're fortunate you had a part-time job that mm -hmm. you made fifteen grand. Mm -hmm. And somehow for the year you made fifteen grand work. And then you come out of college, what's the average salary for a dietitian coming out of college? Oh, I think probably around thirty five, forty thousand. So you just doubled or more your salary that you had the year prior there's the, the best thing to do is when your lifestyle is as simple as a college student and then you go off and get that job you're not you've never made that kind of money in your life True. the best thing to do is set up your retirement plan then right then it's gonna be the easiest way to do it because if you had let's say you make forty thousand instead of fifteen thousand and you're going to save 10% of that. That's $4,000. Well, you were making 15000 Now you're claiming that you only make 36000 I think they can, they'll do okay. Yeah. Right? <laughs> totally. <laughs> and the benefit of doing it so young is the compound interest that works with this stuff. And again, coming, you know, sitting down with a financial advisor, they can show you all that stuff of what happens if I start at 25? What happens if I start at 20? Mm -hmm. What happens if I start at 40? 40. Like us, right? <laughs> <laughs> we're we're not in our forties. No, at all. no, 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 not at all. <laughs> do you think Do you think that there are a lot of um, new people employed in the workforce, especially new college kids? Do you think they're scared of that percentage contribution of eight percent, five percent, ten percent? Ultimately, we should be doing fifteen percent. Right, fifteen percent should yeah, be the goal. Should That's be right. like the start. So you should just out of the gate start with fifteen percent. Man, think about that though. If you if you were able to do 15% out of the gate, you would be setting yourself up to never have to change that again. Meaning, let's say, you know, that 40000 is now down to uh, 34000 instead of the 15000 you made the year before. You're still going to be fine. You're still ahead of the game. You're still yeah. way ahead. And then as you get pay increases, those are actually, because you've already set up that 15% going to retirement, the pay increases through, you know, work or whatever, uh, those are actually lifestyle increases. Whereas when I talk to people and they're in their 40s and I tell them they need to go from 3% to try to get to 6%, that's a lifestyle decrease. Sure. Right? And so, so many people, you know, they think about it, but they don't necessarily do about it. And I think people just need, in, in, in my arena, just like in yours, you got to know the rules, right? If now you've, you've come across the fact that you've got diabetes, 
What are the new rules to your life? That's a good point. In, in my world, you know, if I'm coming out of college, uh, what should I do? Should I jump into this 401k plan? What are the rules of the 401k plan? You know, is there a match? Is there a vesting period? Is there, you know, are they doing anything more than a match? Is there, you know, there's there could be um, ESOP or something like that, employee stock ownership program. There's, there could be a lot of things. But a financial, uh, financial advisor is going to be able to have you print something off or when you go to orientation, you're going to get a piece on your retirement mm-hmm. plan. Mm-hmm. Talk it over with a financial advisor. I wish I would have had that when I got my first job. I had no clue. Yeah. I knew I had a 401k that I could throw some money into. and yeah. But again, to understand all those terms and all those things that can happen and yeah. why you should do this percentage and why you should start right away. Yeah. It's a huge reason to the, go. One of the big scares is, well, this is my first job. I'm not going to stay here forever, right? Yes. So you start doing it. And if you know the rules, then you know that when you terminate from that employer, you can move that money into your new employer's 401k plan. You've got some options to do there. And a financial advisor would be able to help you to make sure that you're that you understand what those options are and maybe help you make a good decision on on what it is. But it depends on a person's goals. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. And that's again like that whole picture, teaching, looking at budget, looking at lifestyle, looking at future goals, whether it's children, a home or vacation, whatever it mm-hmm. is, like you can make it work definitely yep. with yep. every individual. Even if you have $10 in your pocket, right? Right. <laughs> Think about it, you know. Instead of going out tonight for a cocktail, yeah. put that money in the kitty for your if, financial advisor. If you think about it as, you know, some people call it the latte factor, right? If yes. You, if you buy the, the coffee every morning and it costs you five bucks. And it does. If you stop and you do, maybe you stop doing it two mornings of the week, now you've got, you know, 10 bucks a week extra throughout a month. You know, you have four weeks, that's what, 40 bucks extra right there. You could be socking away, doing something with it. And that's, I think, a good point. It doesn't matter how small it is. Right. Because when you invest, you're going to, it's going to build. And it's no matter what you start with, it's always going to build. But you have to keep yep. investing and contributing and yeah. and doing that. And, and we take that with a grain of salt when you say it's going to build. Well, yeah. The market's going to go yes, up. The yes. market's going to go down. But again, that's knowing the rules. Know how... The game is played as best as you can, and that's by talking with a financial advisor. We're going to show you what happens when the market goes up, what happens when the market comes down. And when the market falls, most financial advisors like myself, we turn into counselors. (laughs) Therapists. Therapists. (laughs) And we make sure that people understand what their options are, and they make sure they understand we're trying to keep people from doing uh, bad decisions. If this doesn't line up with their goal, then we're going to have conversation about it. You told me a year ago that this is your goal. If, if it's changed, I want to know about it, and let's update, and let's do some different things. Mm-hmm. But if it hasn't, then we are going to look at this as a long-term strategy, and we're going to look at the big picture, not what happened over the day or the month or maybe the quarter or year. We're looking at big-time picture. If you're 25 years old coming out of college, we're looking at 40 years. Oh, geez. The last, it makes it sound awful. That's awesome. No, 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 it's good. Time. It's <laughs> good for a financial advisor. Yeah. That's true. Time. So yes. it's more It's more about how much time do we have versus how much money were we able to put in. I mean, both are good factors, but time is your biggest helper. So Again, your biggest currency. Yeah. Uh, speaking of that, just since I'm not a person that's watching, I'm not watching, you know, 
the markets and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So I'm assuming you're doing that for me mm -hmm. and you know what goals I have. So if something happens and I'm not really aware of it, are you a good financial advisor would call you, talk to you, tell you, hey, this is happening. I think we need to do some things because this isn't matching up with your goals. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people are probably more like that. They're yeah. probably not as invested. They're letting you kind of take care of the show. That's right. That's right. And so will you be that person that will contact? Yeah. Yeah. So so we're always we're always reviewing people's accounts. I try to have people come in on a on a semi annual basis, whether the market is up or down or whatever in between. I'm trying to have them in on a semi annual basis at least. Sometimes it's only a phone call. We're talking about it. Sometimes it's in the office. Sometimes it's, um, you know, a, a, a quick call and it was just only took a minute, but I wanted to update you that, hey, things look good. You know, here we're hearing some things in the news or whatever and, and your, your portfolio looks good. I'm always trying to educate them that when, when they invest with me, when we're doing this retirement planning, we're looking at the long period of time. There's every year, every year the market has gone. There's always been a dip in a certain year. But not every year does it finish in a negative. Um, got some different studies out there that I think the last 27 years of the market, I think nine of those years ended up in a down market. But every one of those years had a minus something in the year. And so by helping people understand that the, the, the roller coaster, if you will, is going to happen, it's all about making sure that we understand it's a big picture situation. If I'm saving 40 bucks a month um, and I know that's going towards retirement, I don't need it when I'm 25. I need it when I'm 65 mm -hmm. or whatever the age is. So in a long period of time, yeah, it's going to grow. In a short period of time, whatever window we're looking at, it may have lost a little value in there. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's a long-term long, um, long planning strategy that you got to look at. So really your financial advisor should be part of your family. <laughs> like seriously. I mean, if you think yeah. that if you start with someone when you're 25, yeah. they really are a big they're going to be part of your life. Yeah. And I would, I recommend, I've had a few people call me um, to trust me enough to talk about, I'm thinking about buying a house. I'm thinking about buying a car. I want to hear those conversations. As a business owner, I'm thinking about buying some new equipment. Now, me as a financial advisor on their business, maybe it doesn't make sense they're talking to me, but that CPA needs to know about that stuff. So mm -hmm. they know they're keeping up with what the taxes would look like if you're you know, you get to choose possibly that you pay those taxes on a quarterly basis. You know, how does that throw me off or are we okay with me expanding or, you know, sure. got to be close with these people to make sure that everyone knows what you're talking about because they know the rules. Financial advisors know the rules. CPAs know what their rules are. They don't know your business per se. You know your business, but we've got your back on the other parts of it. That's a good point. I like that. Is there anything that you want to share with my listeners that we haven't covered or? I think, you know, I think doing the quick math on if, if you're worried about how, how <clears throat> if I participate in my 401k plan, how does that affect my paycheck? And I think we've been through that as well. Mm -hmm. I like to have people take their two week pay and figure out what that 1% really is. You know, just 1%. And then even if it's as simple as boot, moving it up every six months or every 12 months, just one more percent, that's how you get to that big percentage. Unless you're fortunate enough out of college and you set it and forget it, you know, set up that percentage and, and get it going early. 
and then you can start adjusting and how you're going to pay off your student debts and all that student loan debt and and a lot of people unfortunately buy their first brand new car when they get that first yes, new job which is a bad investment yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right that's right that's right <laughs> Use the car as long as you can that you already have yes. paid for. Yes, or mom and dad paid for. That's right. That's why I drive a 2009 paid-for Toyota Camry. And I drive a 2012 paid-for Buick Verano. There's nothing wrong with these vehicles. It is not not at all. And, uh, <laughs> you know... You know, it, it's it, that's where that's where people get hung up. They, you know, they're trying to live a lifestyle that maybe has been painted in our minds that that we want to do as good, if not better, than my parents type of situation. And I see that a lot when when you're looking at houses. You know, oh well, my family we grew up in a four bedroom house, right, with two bathrooms. Well, if I'm getting out of college and I'm getting my first job, and then I'm trying to find a house. Ask your parents what their first house was like, yeah. not what their ending house was like or is not like now. what you grew up in. Right. <laughs> Ask them how it happened because we have to, we're going to go through the same stages. You know, you're, you're building up wealth. You're building up your lifestyle as you get out of college. And, and as long as you can control that and, and not worry about what society or your friends or whoever it is are doing or taking all these vacations or buying a Harley Davidson or whatever, you know, just do your thing and, and be smart about it. And part of that is getting touch with the professionals, whether it's a financial professional, a CPA or whatever it is. Get in touch with people, people that you get along with personality-wise and, and have a decent relationship with that we can talk about real things. Whether it's, Even if it's things you don't want to hear about, mm-hmm. that's what our job is, is to make sure that you're hearing all of it, the truths. Um, and it's just watching your P's and Q's, right? Absolutely. Well, like you said, there's so many similarities between our two professions because we want people to seek out the nutrition professionals. And so it's the same way yep. of seeking out a, a financial expert. I yep. mean, you don't, you want the best. That's right. And that's what you should be searching for. That's right. That's exactly right. And generally, don't, don't they don't search until there's a need, something slapped them in the face to come find you as a dietitian or to come find me as a financial. That's so uh, true. So, so Let's all be smart dietitians and smart people and not have that need. Because yeah. if you can prevent it at a point where it's a need, then you're just that farther ahead. That's right. That's exactly right. Same way with dietitians. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have some fun questions for you. Okay. You answered all these great, serious questions. He came so prepared. And yeah. I love that about you. That's why he's my financial advisor. And he is part of my family, I kind of think little bit we yeah. live really close together too yeah. which is yeah. awesome yeah so you can come mow my lawn if i there need you go. to <laughs> plant some trees or something what is your favorite food oh <laughs> and i'm speaking to you as yes. my dietitian yes i end this with all my guests so whether you're you're a dietitian or not so, you can be honest so this is uh, my favorite food it has to be pizza Pizza? Not popcorn? Well, I mean, popcorn's in there, too. But I was like, is that going to be a close second? It would be a very close second. <laughs> I've got I've got the dirtiest uh, scarred-up popcorn pan that anyone's ever seen. You guys should see this pan. But That's I've insane. only, you know, recently, I've backed things off with the popcorn. You have? And I've changed. Because you fried your popcorn in what? <laughs> it's El- not fried, but it's cooked in Crisco. Popped in Crisco. Crisco. It's not fried. <laughs> um, but I have changed. I've recently been trying different things. I've changed to, I think I've changed to peanut oil. 
Oh. Isn't that more healthy? No. <laughs> what? <laughs> it probably is a little bit of an upgrade from okay. Crisco. Good. Sure. <laughs> but no, um, what drives my wife nuts, uh, she'll ask me, you know, what I'm feeling like eating. And I've tried to tell her not to ask me that question because the answer is always pizza. <laughs> It's always pizza. So, you, you know, we got to modify that question a little bit. <laughs> so when it's not pizza, it's popcorn. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty <laughs> do you, much. Is there like a certain, do you make Do you make it? Do you two make it at home together? Pizza? Yeah. No. No, this is like a dining out situation. Yes, yes, okay. Yes, yes. And I don't, I'm really not biased against any, you know. You I, just like all pizza. I like pizza. Yeah. Is there a certain flavor? I'm a, I'm kind of a meat lover's type of person. Meat, yeah. That's all. Pizza's good. I love pizza. Is Pizza's one of my favorite. Have. No, I love pizza. I would be right there with you. I could probably eat it every day. <laughs> but somehow you have more self-control and you I don't have do to. That. <laughs> <laughs> I have to. <laughs> What's your favorite drink? Uh, what do I drink? I, I, you know, I actually don't drink a lot of pop. Um, I was drinking some Monsters, and I'm trying to get out Stop. of that. <laughs> Not more than one in a day, okay. never. But if I have a long car ride, I might start with a monster, and and that will help me. You know. You travel quite a bit. I, I travel a little yeah. bit, not as much as I had used, used to. to. But, mm-hmm. Um. So so I actually drink. I do try to drink a lot of water. Good. Um, but dietitian approved. It, it just depends. Is this a Friday evening yes, beverage? Yes. So what would be a Friday evening beverage? It'd probably be a beer of some sort. That's good. Mm-hmm. Beer's good. <laughs> I like beer too. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> beer and pizza. Uh-huh. It is Friday. <laughs> Do you have a favorite smell? Oh, I don't. I don't know. That's I'm totally nice. catching him off guard with these questions. A favorite smell. What's the? Uh, um, gosh, I can't think of it now. What do you? What do you? What's the? Is it lavender? That yeah, that's like an relax. essential. Yes, mm-hmm. that's probably probably my favorite smell. Um, I went to a hotel, and they had it was a nice hotel. They had uh, like a, I don't know if it was spray, but you you could spray it on your pillow. Oh yeah. And then that you know when you make you sleep well. Yes, yes, the sleep was better than anything I've ever had. So I took that spray. Did you? Left of it. <laughs> Did you spray? And I use it at home. Use it at home. Well, perfect. Lavender. I like that. Uh, what brings you joy in life? I uh, really enjoy bicycling. Um, this this last January, I bought my uh, a, a bike that I can ride in the winter called a fat tire bike. Did you ride it? I rode it, and it's quite the workout. <laughs> like in snow? Yeah, it'll go in snow or sand. We don't have a lot of beaches here in Iowa. No, <laughs> no unfortunately, no. <laughs> but I discovered I discovered more like um, off-road, off-route trails in the Des Moines area that I never knew about. Huh. And <clears throat> they're challenging. It's a good, you know, good challenge because it's actually a full-body workout when you do one of these. Well, yeah, I'm sure you're, like, engaging your core. Mm-hmm. And, and most of the time, body. you're not on your on your seat. You're standing up. And sure. Yeah, it, it's definitely a full-body workout. So when I'm riding that, probably, you know, if I'm riding that for 20, 25 minutes, it's almost like a full day of riding like on ragbri you know with with a normal bike yeah yeah but i love it i love to bike i haven't been very good about it after ragbri but um but i'm getting ready for the big tire the fat tire bike to break that out awesome i I picture your garage just being full of bikes 
I, uh, how many bikes do I have? In there? <laughs> That's not that bad. I've got three in there. One is one is my wife's, and uh-huh. two two are mine. And my wife is really good about limiting how many bikes I have. In there. Does she like to ride bikes with you? She enjoys it. Yeah. Um, she's not as serious probably as I am about mm-hmm. it. Um, but yeah, she enjoys it. So you guys can share in that mm-hmm. together. That's good. That's mm-hmm. good. Well, thank you for taking time today and hanging out with me. And you know, if we get some feedback today, I'll put your your contact information in the show notes and if people have any questions just direct them to travis he's happy to answer them and if there's some things that anybody wants me to ask him again we can have another conversation and thanks for listening thank you Anne. travis has been very helpful and very insightful when it comes to planning for the future I agree with him about finding a professional you can talk to and have a great working relationship with. Travis actually teaches me because I don't know everything and he doesn't just send me papers to sign. He's always helping me learn about what we are doing with my money and what we need to do with my money. I think it's very important and I hope this conversation encouraged you to do some research and also plan for your future. Now that fall is creeping in, I find myself sitting by my fireplace, which I thoroughly enjoy, and I have upped my tea drinking game a little bit, and it's hard not to have a Stroopwafel by the fire. If you haven't tried Dahlman Stroopwafels, you really should because they are the perfect fall snack. It's a waffle made from two thin layers of baked dough with a caramel-like syrup filling in the middle, and Dahlman's makes the best Stroopwafel. For more information, go to stroopwafflesbydalmans.com. My website, annelizabethardy.com, is where you can read my latest weekly wisdom blog post, where I share my current crazy adventures, food, current workout music playlist that's motivating me to get buff right now, a really delicious and a real deal recipe, or what I love right now. You can also purchase my book and can find all my previous podcasts show notes, and links to things we talked about during my conversation with these amazing people. Don't forget to register for the giveaway this month, and please connect with me on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at AnnaElizabethRD. Remember to be great always, find the joy in each day, and to start a conversation that truly matters.